I'm Logan. I'm Ryan. And this is Automatic for the People. It's automatic. It's automatic. It's automatic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Automatic for the People, a Mr. Robot podcast. And we are uh, three episodes into our season three rewatch. So we're in the home stretch. Only seven episodes to go after this. Um, and then we'll get into Legion and then Preacher and then the final season of Mr. Robot. Final season of Preacher and Legion, too. It's going to be a lot of depressing stuff for the last, what, five or six months of the year. So yeah, it's kind of. Well, to me, it's only going to be depressing is if it's all terrible. But Well, I mean, so far it hasn't been at all. So um, we're talking about uh, the episode Legacy. So spoilers for all of uh, Mr. Robot. Up to here. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you haven't watched it and you have Amazon Prime, it's absolutely free. To catch up, so you're already oh, paying really? for the prime service. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> what? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I was about to say we've talked about it. <laughs> well, I mean, I know it. I know it's free if you paid for. I, I'm. I was just being a jerk. If you don't know, you can watch stuff for free on Amazon Prime after you paid for it. Well. Don't listen to our podcast. Well, I mean, you pay for Prime for other reasons. Yeah. I'm just, it's not like when people are like, it's on Netflix, so it's free. It's not free on Netflix. You're paying for Netflix. You pay for Prime for the two-day shipping and stuff like that. Um, Prime unless Day. You're, yeah. That unless you're me, and then you pay for Prime for shows like The Tick, which is sadly canceled now. Um the new show, Good Omens, which I hope is just six episodes and done because it's really good. And if I get to the end and they're like, I don't know, there may or may not be a season two. And then there's not a season two. And the, the characters in the story are just kind of left out there. I'm going to be pretty pissed. So, um, that show is very, very British. So if you don't like shows like uh, Doctor Who, um, I'm trying to think of some more British, like sci fi ish kind of misfits. Know that um, I have seen a few episodes of Misfits and I liked it. I just couldn't. The humor is very dry and very quick. Like you gotta. And some of it's really goofy, but also funny. Like David Tennant's character, who's a demon, instead of saying, uh, how the hell should I know? Or something like that. He goes, how the heaven should I know? <laughs> so it, it's like kind of dad humor, but also, you know, well, uh, it's, it's very, very funny. If David, if David Tennant's as good as he always is, It'll be enough to keep me watching the show. So it's funny because I would have seen David Tennant. Not that we haven't, we obviously saw him play a bad guy in Jessica Jones and he was fantastic. But like, if you had told me without me seeing any info for the show, like 
It's David Tennant and Michael Sheen. You would have swapped said, the roles. <laughs> yeah, I w- in a heartbeat, I would have said, oh, so David Tennant's playing the angel, Michael Sheen's playing the, the devil. Because Sheen... Like, they both have a certain, like, evil quality to them in roles, but I don't know that we've ever seen uh, Sheen do something absolutely pure. Like, he's playing an angel, and not like a dick angel on Supernatural or the angels from Preacher. Like, he's a very, like, pure-hearted thinks everybody is, you know, true and just and nice and like he's very naive and he's a kid it, is what you're saying. Yeah. It's really kind of funny. I mean, it, it they don't like make fun of him for it, but it's just something you see like in his character where it's like this guy could not exist in the real world, but also like the angels in general couldn't exist in the real world. There's like no cynicism to them. And like you meet some other angels. One of them is John Hamm, who is fantastic. Um, and they all think that humans are so stupid that, but they don't know how to be nonchalant and kind of low key. So, like, Michael Sheen runs a bookstore, and these angels come into the bookstore and want to talk to him in private. So, they're like, we would like to see, like, very loudly and robotic, we would like to see some of your pornography to so that they can go have a private conversation. And they walk into the back room, and they're like, those humans are so stupid, we fooled them. And, he's, and Michael Sheen's like, yes, yes, you've got them good. You know, like he's been around humanity, so he knows, but, uh, he's like, these guys are fools, but he's also just as foolish. He's just more comfortable, you know, being on earth because he's lived on earth forever. So, um, it's really, really good. Uh, You'll dig it. Um, you, you have to play, you have to play, you have to pay attention to everything because the story is all over the place. Like it jumps around to different timelines. Um, there's a very early bit where, uh, the voice of God talks, uh, who narrates the show. It's Francis McDormand who is, she's just so good. Um, she, she talks about a game of three card Monty and it, it's, Relevant to like this situation in the episode, but it's in the first episode. And I feel like the whole show is set up like that. Like you never know. It's only six episodes. Yeah. I'm going to watch that tonight. So like you just never know where the queen is. You know what I mean? Like it's doing all this like shuffling and you're like, you get to the end of the episode and you're like, Oh, okay. There it is. (laughs) You know, you're guessing and you know, sometimes you're right, but then most of the time you're, you're wrong. Um, it's fun to watch the, the two guys play off each other. That's the only reason I would want there to be a season two. 
but I'd also like to just see some kind of weird animated show about because they've both been on Earth forever, like since Adam and Eve. And so they've seen all of humanity. So I really just want to show like an animated series where like every episode, kind of like Quantum Leap, every episode is about them in a different time. You know, kind of working against each other, but also working together and being friends at the same time. It's very, it's very cute, which is a weird thing to say about the show, but it is very, very cute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like it's probably a show you could watch as a family, but I think there's some racier stuff in it. But honestly, I don't think there's anything racier than what's on like primetime television. Right. There might there there's some swearing. Like I I think David Tennant drops the F bomb a couple oh, of I mean, times. That cuss like a sailor. Right. But I'm just saying like if you were like somebody with kids, not like four year olds, but you know, if you have a, a teens. Uh, preteens. Preteen that likes Doctor Who I feel like they would very easily like sit down and watch the show and have a lot of fun with it. So anyway, that's my good omens review. I'm halfway through the show now. <laughs> yeah. That's how I figured I'd get half of it knocked out tonight. Uh, um, anyway, we're going to talk about Mr. Robot legacy. Uh, so, do you remember this episode at all? Like, pre- yeah. Okay. As soon as it started, I was like, oh, I remember what happens in this episode. Yeah. But I remember is- thinking this might have been, like, my favorite episode of this season. Um, It would be really, really close. Um, the, I think the only reason it might not be is because it has so little to do with... Well, now it's definitely not... I really liked the episode before this. Um, but at the time when we watched on our original watch, I think this might have been my favorite episode up to this point. It, because it, helps. it actually related to something that I knew what they were talking about. <laughs> right. It helped that we had spent almost two years, only one season, but almost two years because this aired in the fall. So we'd spent damn near two years going, where's Tyrell? Is he dead? What happened? Like you didn't know until the end of season. Is it the end of season two where he gets in the car or is it the beginning of season three? Now I don't even remember. I think it, I think it's in this season. Okay. Well, until he gets in that car, you haven't seen Tyrell and until he shoots Elliot, really, I guess you don't even know. Like, you're kind of with Elliot. Like, this is fake. This is in his head, right? And this episode just, it is the, <clears throat> and I probably said this at the time, it's the Back to the Future Part 2 of Mr. Robot. <laughs> like, we got up to a certain point in season one and like Terrell kind of stopped being important or so we thought. And 
So then we get back here. Well, the thing about season two is you spend a lot of time wondering what happened to Terrell, of course, because, I mean, he wakes up in the dude's car, right? Um, Which this kind of explains. Yeah, and I don't know, it it made season two kind of weird because you spent like a whole season going, where's Terrell? Where's Terrell? Where's Terrell? But the funny thing is, is if you would have told us at the end of season two on our original watch, oh, he's at a farm doing da-da-da-da-da, it sounds kind of dumb. But this episode is way, way better than dumb. <laughs> uh, the the way you told, the, he tells the simpleness of where Terrell is, is, is I mean, does it for an hour. And it's like a five-minute story. And it's still, like, very intriguing. I mean, like... Him chopping that wood. Like, it's such a, like, simple clip to just... But you feel, like, the intensity of, like... Like, somebody basically being in solitary confinement. Like, in Shawshank Redemption. You know, he's in solitary for uh, a week or something. Mm, Yeah. And, like, you get that whole, like, especially when, uh, like, they come down there and tell him that the kid graduated. And then uh, they come back and tell him that the kid tried to escape and got shot. Like, you feel the devastation of all that, you know. He can't reach out to his family. And the one time he's like screw this, I'm leaving. I've got to go. I've got to get back to my wife. And he's caught by some yeah, moron. Some podunk cop who gets himself killed. You know. <laughs> After Tyrell breaks his thumb to get out of the handcuffs, he's just like, oh my god, I did it. I got out of the handcuffs. And then, bam! That dude just gets shot. He's like, well, I'm not going anywhere. So, Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty intense scene. You're just I don't know. You're with him, like, feeling all of his pain. But you're also outside the car knowing this dude's about to get killed. I mean, like, even even if I had never seen it before, I can do math. Like, no FBI meets you on a back road in the middle of nowhere to pick up a prisoner. But, uh, I mean, it's really weird kind of knowing what he's about to feel in his hand and also knowing that he's about to do it for no reason. I mean, it's kind of like, don't do it. Don't do it. So I have a, uh, um, I don't know if it's uh, not a theory. I don't know. So the gun doesn't fire when Elliot shoots Tyrell in the arcade. Well, not only does it not fire, um, What's his name? Oh, gives it fires. It just doesn't. Well, the, what's his name gives the gun back to Terrell before he shoots Elliot, and says, "It's a good thing that I never gave this back to you because the next time you pulled the trigger, it would have blown your hand off." So, yeah, it would. There was a squib lodged in the gun, which a squib is like he calls it a squib. 
I don't, I'm not a gun guy. So I thought squibs were the things you wore. You know what I mean? Like if you were faking a gunfight, like in movies. Oh, okay, yeah. The squibs go off on your chest. I thought that's what they were called. Um, maybe there's fireable squibs, like paint pellets. And he says that there was a squib lodged in there, and uh, it was jammed. The next next shot would have blown your hand off. So, why was there a squib in the gun? And I might be stupid. A squib might, in this case, just mean a bullet or something. But I've never understood it to mean that. Why wouldn't you just say bullet? Well, because there wasn't a bullet because he ejected the bullet. Right. But so why there was wasn't a bullet lodged in the, in the gun? I don't know. Did you, like, Google squib? No. I can't. I, I was just. Uh, I, I'm doing it right now. I was just looking at it as a throw, kind of throw out to the audience that, um, you know, the line try to get us hooked with thinking that now he definitely thinks he's a god because you just told him the next shot would have blown Elliot's hand off. Apparently, squib just means miniature explosive device. So, I don't know. I googled squib in squib lodged in gun. A squib load, also known as a squib round, pop and no kick, or just a squib, is a firearm malfunction in which a fire projectile does not have enough force behind it to exit the barrel and thus become stuck. Uh, okay, so it's not like a fake round. So that just proves my my ignorance about guns. So um, I've just always heard squibs as, but apparently it can mean, the term just means miniature explosive. So the people that wear like the vests in movies when right. they're going to get Those shot. squibs too. Squibs right. too, yeah. So... So there's a line that um, he says to Elliot when they're in the the fun. What do you call it? Whatever that place is. Well, actually, Elliot says it to him because he's like about to kiss him or something. And Elliot kind of leans or Mr. Robot leans back and he's like, some things are better left unsaid. And. <laughs> That's pretty funny because then the whole episode proceeds to tell you all the unsaid things that happened in season two. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a lot of stuff like that in this episode. Um, there was one in particular I tweeted about it. Hold on. Let me bring up the Twitter feed and find it. Come on. Irving. I'm going to try to commit this guy's name to my memory. I, I can't. I've tried. <laughs> and I just can't. It's ridiculous. Um, 
And of course, Bobby Cannavale was great. Just doing. I mean, he is in boss this in this episode. Um, <laughs> I like the short but very, you know, true story he tells his uh, employee about, like, take my cup here, and he's like, "But boss, you got no kids." After he just talked to Terrell, telling him about his wife and kids. Oh yeah, and then he he goes home to his lonely apartment and works on his uh novel you know uh no so there's this scene where tyrell walks in and those uh dark army dudes are sitting on the couch wearing demon masks watching mask yeah i thought that was television (laughs) i thought that was pretty funny too i was like they're watching mask wearing masks (laughs) On a show that's all about people wearing masks, both figuratively and literally. Well, I mean, <laughs> mask is even the cartoon was about things that aren't what, what they seem. seem. Right. I'm like, that is some next level, like layered craziness right there. Intentional or not. Like my my brain just kept going with it. So, I I thought the same thing when I saw it, and it's a hundred percent intentional. That would be like thinking that them watching Hackers was was a mistake, or or just a what put on a movie for them to watch, and the people on the set threw in Hackers. Well, one way or another, it was intentional because somebody thought it would be hilarious, and that's exactly what the mask thing was was. I was like, this, this is, this is so great. Oh yeah, and it really makes me wonder, like, how many people got that? I mean, because I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm like smart or anything, but I know what that show was, and I used, we used to watch that show. How many people that watched this show actually knew what that was? I mean, there can't be a lot of them, dude. Yeah. It's a show we remember for the toys. Like, I couldn't tell you anything about the plot. Other than, oh, the cars transform into, you know, jets. It or was, all it was was like a G.I. Joe mixed with a Transformers type show. All the plots of the show, I guarantee you, are all G.I. Joe, Joe and Transformer plots. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a monologue here, uh, that, uh, Irving has, and he mentions, uh, Gideon and says his name wrong, his last name wrong. I think that proves that Gideon's death was orchestrated not by the dark army, not just this random, you know, dude walks into a bar you know, sees this as the guy and kills him. No, oh, yeah, I agree with you. So, I, I definitely think that that solidifies that. And we also have, this is, uh, so we have the revelation that the FBI is in, the FBI is compromised in this episode because we see uh, Dom's boss having a conversation with Irving. So that's confirmed. And it's done very 
nonchalant. So, because he's just like ranting and raving and then they're just in the room together and it's just like, you have to put that two and two together. They're not just going to tell you like, in case you don't know, that's the FBI guy and he's working for the Dark Army. Um, we also see Darlene's boyfriend pre his death. Uh, and he has been working not just with the Dark Army, but specifically for White Rose to compromise Elliot through Darlene. Yeah, this this has a lot of pieces in it that, um, I mean, it, it almost makes you wish that you, that someone would edit like this into season one. Just pieces at a time, you know. Yeah. Um, because it it really fits, and it it's convenient that we have recently rewatched season one. Um, so you know, we we kind of know where it fits. But I can imagine how I felt when I watched it back then. Like, oh crap, I really got to rewatch season one now. Um, I wish I had remembered this episode while we were watching season one. <laughs> um, yeah, it kind of reframes their whole relationship. Um, which... Well, I'm sorry, I said season one. I mean season two. Yeah, I know what you meant. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's it's. Uh... It's a very layered episode. It answers a lot of questions without specifically pointing out that it's answering questions, which I always enjoy about this show. So, and we also get the White Rose orchestrated Trump's election illusion. And I don't mean illusion like it's a mirage. I mean, it's alluding to that you know, White Rose has orchestrated something that that we're still dealing with currently in this very, very real world. Although rewatching this show has really put me in a mindset of like, no, I think that they're right. Like, you know, I don't believe in the whole like lizard people control the world. And it's, you know, these like, 250 people that are in charge of everything and they're secretly lizard men from outer space. But I do think more and more that like, yeah, that whole top 1% of the top 1% thing. Like it really is like we're Eddie Murphy and our Dan Aykroyd and the top 1% of the 1% are those two old douchebags who just keep doing things to see how, Everybody underneath them will react. Well, I mean, like, well, what happens if we do this? Yeah, I mean, it's just like <laughs> you remember when you were a kid, you see those big giant ant beds, you just walk up and step on them just to see what happened. Yeah, just see how the ants come running. I, out. I mean, yeah, it's. <laughs> I very much believe that. Hey, let's. Uh, it, well, I don't. I don't know if it's exactly to poke at us. But it's like people think, man, we haven't changed something in a while. Let's change something and let's make it drastic. Uh, it's and it's it's really, you know, annoying. Um, 
I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm the bear that's being poked. Like, oh, hey, his stuff was going fine. Let's see if we can mess with it. Man. Speaking of uh, the Donald, he uh, apparently got jumped, waded into the... Uh, so. There's something going on with people trying to get Kate Middleton's picture uh, of her, like, sunbathing in the nude or something. I don't know. But he weighed in on that, saying, well, I mean, who wouldn't want to see a picture of Kate in the nude? (laughs) You're the effing president of the United States. Well, I guess at least he's telling the truth. (laughs) Have some decorum. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I love this episode. I think I like it more now than I did originally, and I never didn't like it. But you just made me think about some. I want to live long enough to see them make the movie about Trump's presidency, like the blockbuster movie, not the bad TV movie about it. <laughs> you mean like uh, like they did with? Uh... Bush and uh, well, they did George W. They've done yeah. Lincoln, of course, to death. Um, uh, what was the one that just came out? And he wasn't even the president; <laughs> he was the vice president. Oh, the Dick Cheney movie. Uh, who? I mean, who would you get to play Donald Trump? It has to be somebody young now, because this movie's not going to be made for another fifteen years. So, well, I mean, um, and probably British. <laughs> I would say Alec Baldwin, but I don't know if he he could do it yeah. in 15 or 20 years. Nah. Um, Alec Baldwin does the perfect Trump, though, but that would be for a comedy. <laughs> Although Alec Baldwin's a good, serious actor, too. Oh, I mean, he's fantastic. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, man. What if we didn't have to wait 15 years? All we had to do was wait about another four or five. I mean, he could do it then. Yeah. It would just have to be older Trump. They'd have to get somebody else for younger Trump. Oh, it would just be about the presidency. It wouldn't. Okay. You could have maybe flashbacks to young stuff. But I just mean about his presidency. (laughs) Have you ever seen, uh, we, we've gotten off Mr. Robot, but have you ever seen Slumdog Millionaire? No. So, the premise of that movie, um, I don't think it's really a spoiler. It's like, who so, wants to be a millionaire, right? It is, He's who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah. Somehow he gets on the show. And for his girlfriend or something, or he's trying to win a girl or something like that. Well, no, he's uh, just basically trying to get out of the slums. Oh, okay. Um, But every question they ask him makes him, like, he knows the answer. Like, at one point, they're, like, torturing him, trying to figure out how he's cheating and getting all these answers. Um, But he knows the answer because of, like, this thing that happened to him. It's very Forrest Gump-like. You know, like, he wasn't, like, something happened, and... 
this question reminded him of this event that happened in his life. And that's where he learned the answer to this question. You know, it, it's very, uh, like fate kind of thing. Uh, much like Forrest Gump, where it's like, this guy just keeps being in the right place at the right time. <laughs> right. Um, I would like the movie of Donald Trump's presidency. That's like slumdog millionaire, except every time He's in a situation instead of flashing back to something that would give him the correct answer or the uh, correct response to the situation. He was like, you would just flash back. He would be in the situation that would give him the correct answer or response, but he's too busy screwing around to have learned the correct answer or response. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. And it's just like, if he just paid a little bit more attention, instead of always screwing around, he would have been a good guy. <laughs> That's but all, all that to say the White Rose thing is, it's chilling and depressing and, like, that's the thing that set me even further on the, like, there are people that just wanted him to be president to see what would happen. Some of those people aren't the top 1% of the top 1%. Some of those people are just regular voters. But Well, um, I mean, since we're on it, there's... Think what you want about Trump. Um, well, most of y'all that think he's great. Um, but there's a... Uh... If you think he's an idiot, we're on your side. <laughs> And I, I mean, and I really have no right to weigh in on, you know, him being president because I didn't vote. Anyway, there's a Dave Chappelle special on Netflix, and he tells this story about where he goes to vote. He votes in like a, a state that matters is where he's registered to vote pretty much. Um, not that all states don't matter, no, no whatever. Um, he, he goes and, you know, he was like, I knew Trump was going to win the election because I go to vote and. I see all these, and he's making jokes. He's not being serious. Pickup trucks and tractors and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, everybody's laughing. But what he's telling is the truth. Because he says, I'm standing in line. And all these people, these farmers, these, you know, Midwestern white people. And they're all, Trump's going to fight for us. He's going to go to Washington and make America great again and this and that. And he said, I couldn't help but look around and go, no, dumbasses. He's going to fight for me because <laughs> I'm rich and you're not. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> now, the farmers are a little bit ticked at Trump from what I've read. I haven't read a lot about it. I mean, those tariffs aren't doing them any favors, man. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm talking about. Do you know the dollar store for the first uh, dollar, not Dollar General? God, what's it called? Dollar Tree or whatever? Yeah, where everything's a dollar. Yes, for the first time in its existence, is raising prices. There will be things that they charge more than a dollar for, because almost all of their crap comes from China. And they're now having to pay more to get it. 
That's what people don't understand about tariffs. You place tariffs on imported goods. You know who pays the tariffs? Not China. It, it, it makes no sense. Well, and it, it's kind of like we've talked about the pizza industry before. The yeah. reason it stays so cheap is because no one's willing to raise the prices. If two people take a stand, the third one's going to fall in line. Oh, they're charging this much. We can get this much. But they all have to make that decision. Well, when one person... <laughs> like little Caesars comes in there like six dollar hot and ready's. Then you look like you're ripping people off, even if you're still not. So you were if you start charging people tariffs, then they're going to start charging you tariffs on your stuff, right? Or they're going to stop buying it because they can grow it themselves. Well, the if if this country actually had the industry that it used to have. I guess it would make sense to raise tariffs to like keep, you know, keep us in business, keep paying the workers, get people to buy American, pay that's, a little bit more. That's all this another stuff. Thing. Yeah, the iPhone thing. Like nobody wants yeah. to pay eight hundred thousand dollars for an iPhone. <laughs> We're gonna bring jobs back to America. Nobody's gonna you know, and it's little things like, you know, you want to go buy some some glasses for your apartment, some drinking glasses, some actual glasses, not plastic cups. Well, you know, if if they're imported from China, well, you even if you go to Walmart, yeah, they're going to be cheap glasses. They'll probably break in the dishwasher eventually. But I mean, you get a set of glasses for like, like a set of six for like twelve bucks, right? I mean, you just go buy them a dollar a piece at the dollar store. All yeah. that's imported from China. So, you know, if it's made here, then you're talking about, well, they, they paid a dude 15 or $16 an hour to blow that glass and make those, the, the dishware. Okay. Well, it took him, you know, Two hours to make the set of glasses or whatever. I'm sure it was more than that. Well, let's say five hours. Well, that that's $65 right there. So, who's going to pay that? Or I'm, That's a bad example because I don't really even know how they make those. I'm pr pretty sure they're all machine made now. Yeah, I'm but, sure. I was going to say, I think they're machine made, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> you know. It, running that machine. If the dude can pump out, uh, you know, 150 in, you know, three hours or say 75 an hour or whatever. Okay. Well, you're paying him. You're paying the cost of the machine. You're paying, uh, his healthcare, his, like all of that stuff adds up. And I'm not saying it's okay that we pay Chinese workers less or that, China pays Chinese workers less money, but nobody's suddenly going to just pay when you go to the store to get a set of glasses, just be like, Oh, I'll take those that cost $45 for a set of six. I mean, it's three times, four times the price. 
it would um, be better for this country if we did. But well, the only way you're ever going to get that back is, I mean, like if you buy American stuff, it's going to have to come with like no taxes on it or something like that, you know. Or you buy if you buy American vehicles, American-made vehicles, you get some kind of tax break at the end of the year. That's the only way you're going to get stuff like that back is provide incentives for... It's kind of like we've done customer service. It's ten times harder to get a customer back than it is to just get a new one. Yeah. There's always so, somebody who's like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll try that. But if you've pissed somebody off, to the point that they're not going to do business with you anymore. Like you literally have to be the last option. <laughs> like how many, how many of these make America great again? Have, like you said, a set of dishes in their cabinet that says made in China. <laughs> almost, well, you're not helping the problem. Are you? <laughs> I would say not even almost. I would say absolutely 100%. <laughs> And not fine chinaware. Cheap dishes that they bought at Walmart that were made in China. You know, what are they going to do when the price of clothes at Walmart starts going up? Most of that stuff is assembled in like Taiwan. Like stitched together in Taiwan. So anyway, we're getting into a... The Trump thing really just set me on a bad path of thinking <laughs> about all of that. So I guess I guess we deserve whatever we get for taking advantage of these uh, lower income and third world countries. I mean, if that's the attitude, then I'm okay with that. I would agree with that. But unfortunately, the people that live in poverty here are the ones actually paying the price. I mean, yeah, you're right about that. Not the rich people. <laughs> They're not buying their dinnerware at Walmart. <laughs> Theirs was handed down, you know, for, you know, three generations or six generations or whatever. So, it, anyway, yeah, it's very, very infuriating. But back to the episode. It, it's fantastic. It's easily my favorite episode of this season so far, but we're only three episodes in. I liked it more now than when we originally watched it. I caught a lot more stuff than when we originally watched it. And I just love the Back to the Future 2-ness of it all, where we're just like weaving in and out of plots that we already know. Like, we already know how they resolve, but we don't know how they resolve in uh tyrell's life yeah in tyrell's situation yeah so so yeah it's uh and then him going back to the city and the suit and you know i have to look my best for him it's kind of funny we spent almost two years going where's tyrell and then tyrell spends this whole episode going where's elliot (laughs) Uh, also Um, leon showed back up i forgot to mention that yeah I loved just uh, the direction, and I don't mean like north, south, east, west direction. Like the directing of the episode is so great because it could have easily been just a boring episode. (laughs) Yeah. But without the the great 
editing and the good directing that that he has, um, it, it would have been crap. Yeah, I agree. We didn't talk about um, God, what's his name, Wallace. Uh, oh, Wallace Shawn is in yeah. this episode. Had completely forgotten it, <laughs> and he's just hammering Terrell. Um, it's such a good scene. And it, it is, I I would love for Sam Esmail to just, like, say it's him. Like, they got Wallace Shawn, and he's like, oh, no, we're going to reframe the scene so that it's very much like the Princess Bride. But I don't know that that's the case, and I, I would... I wouldn't think it would be like the scene kind of just not writes itself, but it, it's a very. Well, I would think that, I mean, I, I don't know, kind of exactly what you just said, maybe a little bit different, but the scene already existed on paper. And I got to think that he was like, we got to get Wallace Shawn to do this because it would be great. Oh uh, yeah. There you go. Like if you write the scene like that and you're like, who can we get to come in for this one bit? And it's like, let's get Wallace Shawn because this is a very Princess Bride-like scene. It's almost like we're but, watching an inside joke, but we're in on the joke. <laughs> yeah, but it's so dead serious. And Tyrell has such a breakdown. It, this is the episode where you go from, like, Tyrell is a horrible person. To like still thinking and knowing he's not a good person, but feeling so bad for the guy. Yeah, I mean, by the end of this episode, you're like absolutely rooting for him. Um, what I really wonder because I can't for the life of me couldn't remember anything after this. Um, what I really want to know is like, and tell you can tell me. I'll, I'll just say you can tell me. Do we find? Does he find out in this season that his wife is dead? I honestly don't remember. I assume okay. so. Well, I I just want to know like what him shooting Elliot, and um, I mean Elliot pretty much told him protect my protect me from me. So he was yeah. doing what Elliot told him to do. Oh, um, that that weird switch in the hospital bed at the end. Yeah, where Elliot smiles at him and it turns into Mr. Robot. I was like, oh, that's so creepy. Um, um, I want to know what him shooting Elliot and him then him finding out his wife is dead. But I don't know if we'll get to find out. if. Uh, well, we'll see. Because we've got seven more episodes to talk about. And only 22 days to do it. <laughs> that's one episode every three days. Uh, we're going to try to knock out at what at least one during the week this week, I would assume. And hopefully a couple more over the weekend. Father's Day is going to be tough. So if we can knock out like five in the next week <laughs> or in the next 10 days, then we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to make it just so you know. Uh uh, I have faith in us. Um, I'm I think super can, excited for Legion, though. 
Yeah, me too. And I don't want to. I don't want there to be any hiccups and us wind up like a week behind talking about Legion. I might start a Legion rewatch this week since everything is a little. It's two seasons of it though, but it's only ten episodes. Yeah. Uh, almost everything's ending, but I zombie that I watch anyways. So. Well, that's why I was thinking I, I might just start a rewatch. If I get behind on everything, like for the next month, it'll be pretty easy to catch up. Like, yeah, Agents of Shield and Fear of the Walking Dead is the only thing that I'll and I Zombie. Did you see the Fear of the Walking Dead promo? No, it I didn't. Sucked. It looked so stupid. This did last season was good. I thought I mostly enjoyed it. But the promo for this season just looked well, ridiculous. I'll also, be surprised if it uh, makes it past this season. Uh, Legion is... It's not even uh, 10 episodes a season. First season's 8 episodes. The second season's 11 episodes. So it's only 19 episodes. Right. So... Um, but that's... And a few episodes where you just kind of don't really have to watch them. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to go back and like pay closer attention to it. So I think there's a probably two or three episodes of Legion where I felt like there were a few in the the, the season two that I was like I like the autonomy episode about the being in the computer and it's like I don't know what the hell this going I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> if he doesn't come back into it, I'm going to be kind of upset. Yeah. So, anyway, tweet us at Mr. Robot Podcast. Uh, email us, Mr. Robot Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Mr. No, slash automatic for the people. Um, I've got to go put up some old episodes. Uh, I kind of slacked off doing that. Uh, but yeah, we've, um, the goal is to put up the first 100 ep- or 99 episodes over there um, because the iTunes feed only goes back to episode 100 right now. So I'd like everybody who wants it to have access to those right now. They're behind a paywall, but it's a dollar a month. Um, I might, I've toyed around with dropping that, but I mean, we don't even have any Patreons, uh, Patreons. We don't even have any patrons at all. So (laughs) you guys hate us. You suck. Um, no, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're cool with that. So it would just be nice to have the hundred episodes out there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Cause by the time we get the end of Mr. Robot season four, we should be somewhere in the 200 realm. So we'll have 200 episodes of this show. That's pretty crazy. Um, anyway, crazy. you can also go check out the other shows we do at xwingfiles.com, including the X-Wing Files, our Star Wars show, No One, a Game of Thrones podcast that just wrapped up talking about the final season of Game of Thrones, um, our series where we force Spencer to, wa- Spencer to watch movies he's never seen that aren't, <laughs> that may or may not be good. 
uh, should be coming back soon. We've been on a long hiatus. We haven't recorded an episode in like two months or like six weeks or something. Um, and then boring conversation anyway, which is a show that Spencer and I do where basically we just talk about nonsense. So yeah, go do all those things. We'll be back in a couple of days for sure. Uh, because we've got to barrel through, uh, these last seven episodes in 22 days. We can do it for sure. Oh, we'll see you guys soon. Bye everybody. Here's a little ghost for the offering Yeah, 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 yeah Here's a truck stop instead of St. Peter's Yeah, 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 yeah Mr. Andy Coffin's gone wrestling